Hello, this is Pastor Mo, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church of Broussard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these messages. My hope is that this sermon will be a benefit to your spiritual growth and that you will prayerfully take to heart the contents of this week's message. I also encourage you to pull up the accompanying sermon notes and follow along as you listen. If you have any questions or would like to follow up after the sermon, feel free to contact me or our staff here at First Baptist Broussard. May God bless you as we begin this week's sermon. Amen. That is our hope and our prayer. Uh, or to open our eyes, and that's part of our emphasis here on our series, Walking with Jesus Through the Gospel of John. I see a few new people here today. What we this season, we're in, a, in the midst of a series called Walking with Jesus Through the Gospel of John, where we have been literally walking through the gospel, starting with chapter 1, uh, seeking to find out who Jesus really is, what he said, what he did, and then how we should respond to that. Well, we're up to chapter 8, so if you want to take your Bibles and turn to uh, John chapter John chapter 8, it's also, uh, if you have uh, Superman vision, you may can read the print in the, in the bulletin, uh, and then the church app. We encourage you to open up the church app. There'll be all the notes and the diagrams and everything on it for that. But... Four key words are what I want you to be listening for in the little video clip that's going to follow. Light, word, truth, and freedom. Uh, those are the four key words. And what we do, we've been watching a, a, the Gospel of John movie. This is a, a brief clip that kind of picks up where we left off. Well, it's been two weeks now since we had the uh, Louisiana Teen Challenge last week. But if you remember the encounter with a woman uh, caught in adultery, and Jesus dealing with her and with mercy and grace and really sort of putting the religious and political leaders in their place uh, and uh, kind of embarrassed them in a sense. And they walked away and uh, wandered back up. But Jesus didn't let the matter go. Jesus, when he decides to, uh, to pursue a matter, he continued on. So let's pick up with that section with Jesus after that moving in and addressing again what he saw as hypocritical and false religion of the day and people who were not following principles. So let's, let's watch this little video clip. Jesus spoke to the Pharisees again. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will have the light of life and will never walk in darkness. Now you are testifying on your own behalf. What you say proves nothing! Even though I do testify on my own behalf, what I say is true. Because I know where I came from and where I'm going. You do not know where I came from or where I'm going. You make judgments in a purely human way. I pass judgment on no one. But if I were to do so, my judgment would be true. Because I'm not alone in this. The Father who sent me is with me. It is written in your law that when two witnesses agree, what they say is true. I testify on my own behalf, and the Father who sent me also testifies on my behalf. Where is your Father? You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. Jesus said all this as he taught in the temple, in the room where the offering boxes were placed, and no one arrested him. 
that his hour had not come. I will go away, you will look for me. But you will die in your sins. You cannot go where I am going. He says that we cannot go where he is going. Does this mean that he will kill himself? You belong to this world here below. But I come from above. You are from this world, but I am not from this world. But as I told you, that you will die in your sins. And you will die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am who I am. Who are you? What I have told you from the very beginning. I have much to say about you. Much to condemn you for. The one who sent me, however, is truthful. And I tell the world only what I have heard from him. They did not understand that Jesus was talking to them about the Father. When you lift up the Son of Man, you will know that I am who I am. Then you will know that I do nothing on my own authority. That I say only what the Father has instructed me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. Because I always do what Jesus says. Many who heard Jesus say these things believed in him. If you obey my teaching, you are really my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. All right, well, this passage of Scripture, we find Jesus again standing up and giving his most uh, challenging words to those who say they were doing the right things but not doing the right things. Those who said they were the religious leaders but were dishonoring the true faith uh, that the Bible teaches us what God gives us. Uh, God does, he hates sin and he hates, you know, all the evil in the world but I think he has a special place for those who misconstrue religion and faith and for their own purposes. And uh, we need to keep that in mind. Well, in this passage, uh, we find here uh, the four words sort of uh, fleshed out a little bit. Uh, walk, and the light was the word where we want to walk in the light. We want to continue in the word, know the truth, and live in freedom. Freedom is where we want to move towards. That's what we want to, to end up on. Actually, next week I will flesh out more uh, the freedom aspect with the last half. So I encourage you, maybe read through chapter 8, the whole chapter, a couple of times this week and kind of get to that last section of it together. But we're going to be focusing through this and beginning with uh, walking in the light. I was reading uh, this week a uh, commentary that included a, a story from Adrian Rogers uh, about a member of his church who had, uh, was a professor, uh, I think he was an English professor at a local university. And uh, he came to class, the first day of class at and, and college, and he wrote on the board, walk with light. And he said, where did this come from? Of course, all of them thinking, you know, well, they're going to kind of impress themselves. And maybe it's Ralph Waldo Emerson or, uh, you know, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow or maybe Goethe. And they listed others. He says, no, I saw it on the sign this morning walking across the street. Walk with light. 
Well, I think this kind of gives us a pretty good clue. Uh, we need to walk with the light. And of course, you remember with the first phrase we saw on the, on the uh, video was Jesus says, I am the what? The light of the world. That's right. So we need to walk it. Don't walk, just like if you're going across the street, don't walk across the light if it's not there because you're going to get run over. Uh, life is not going to treat you very well. Well, same principles apply spiritually. If we try to walk and live our life outside of the light of Jesus, we're going to find ourselves in difficulty and in stress. So I encourage you, walk with light. All right, well... Uh, we, let's, let's kind of flesh out a little bit that idea of light because I want you to know that this is a major theme all the way from the very first chapter of the Bible uh, to the end. Uh, light is a theme that is a metaphor and symbolic and symbolizes God and, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The first words of the Bible uh, of Jesus, of God speaking are Genesis 1-3. Let there be what? Light. Then a Thousands years later, around 1000 B.C., King David uh, wrote a psalm and then sang it. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Now, there's tons of verses in the Old Testament we can use and the New Testament. I just picked one here because we'll look at other ones. 1 John 1, 5, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So, it's very, I think we understand that there's a sort of a symbolism here. Darkness kind of symbolizes that which is evil and of the, of the devil. And then uh, light is symbolic of, of holiness and purity and the things of God. So, the, the concept here is that we want to be walking in the light, in the light of truth and righteousness and understanding. Let's buzz through a couple of things, give you a little power washing uh, just to realize that when we talk about light here, uh, it's not the light that you hear or from the sun, but it's, it's a spiritual uh, idea, and it's very important to get the, the full understanding of it. God, he is light. You'll see all the references that go along with that. He dwells in unapproachable light. He cloaks himself in light. His presence is light. His face shines light. He is the creator of light, and he is the provider of light. So that pretty much takes... Uh, all the aspects of what God is and what he does. And, of course, Jesus, he is the promised light. There's the verses in Old Testament and the New Testament fulfillment. He is the light of the world. We read that today. His presence radiates light. He gives light to life and to men. So how does that then apply to us as the people of God? Well, Israel in the Old Testament was called to be a light to the nations. The church is the light of the world. We called by Jesus. We're children of the light. We're saints in the light. We're called into his marvelous light. We wear the armor of light and we carry the message of light. So, as you can see, light is very prevalent. And sometimes we miss it because it is so, it's something that we're so used to. But when we understand the purpose of that, it's light and direction what all that means. So, in general, what light symbolizes is God's presence, his guidance, and his protection. Light exposes evil, sin, and darkness. It brings comfort and enjoyment, communicates things about God, and most importantly, it helps as a description of what salvation is. The light has dawned and salvation has come. So this is some basic ideas of, of the idea of, of what it means to walk in light. 
So, going to the passage of today, this is where I'm, I'm getting it from, just in case you're wondering where the first point came from. John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to them again. And he says, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So that's where we, we get this, is, is walking in the light. Now, Jesus is, as I mentioned, it was right after the woman caught in adultery. But if you remember from two weeks ago, I talked about the Festival of Tabernacles. This is the time of it. Festival of Tabernacles is a week-long celebration in the fall. Big, big celebration. And uh, if you remember, it was primarily a celebration of what God did for the people of Israel after they were freed from Egyptian slavery. You know, they, they spent 40 years in the wilderness. Well, on this week in Festival Week, they would build little booths, little high tents, and they would stay in them to, to remind them how they stayed in tents for 40 years and God provided for them. So it kind of has the idea of, the, of God's uh, presence protection there. And then the manna. You remember the manna that, that came just uh, miraculously from heaven? And that, that manna symbolized the very sustenance and the presence and the provision of God. And then the water that was given forth. You remember at least two times Moses struck the rock and God provided water. So it was a symbol of God's provision and, and sustenance again in these areas. And then, if you remember, at nighttime, there would be a pillar of fire, a big blaze of fire above the tabernacle. And if they happened to go, if God wanted them to go walk here in the night, it would go before them. And that light symbolized the very presence of God. So keep those four things in mind and then put it in the context of what Jesus is saying. Remember Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The, uh, I, the Father and I are one. We are, and he lives in, in presence. Then he went on, if you remember the, when he caught the woman at the well, he says, I am that, that living water. And then today he is saying, I am the light of the world. Now, he was saying these things while they were sitting in their tents eating their bread. And while they were going on that procession, remember I, I mentioned how they, brought, they went to the pool of Siloam and they dipped some water and they marched and sang all kind of things up to the temple. And they poured the water out as an offering to the Lord, but also remembering how God provided for them. That's part of the time when Jesus talked about he was the living water. Then also, if you notice in the video, Jesus was standing by a menorah. And I put my menorah here at the beginning. Uh, to show this menorah is a symbol that God designed and told the people of Israel to use. And, uh, of course, it's still used today. Uh, in heaven, Jesus is walking around the seven candlesticks, which is the menorah. So this is a symbol of God's presence and his light and how that light shines upon us. So what they would do is, during this festival, they would light four Big old menorahs. I mean, tall as the ceiling here. And they would celebrate and eat the bread and laugh and dance and sing and celebrate the presence of God. Well, imagine Jesus walking up, standing by one of these menorahs, 
And everybody kind of stopped, and, and he probably kind of looked up at it, and then he looked around, and he says, I am the light of the world. Now, that was an extremely bold and audacious statement to make. Because everybody there, everybody, because I've kind of saturated you with the idea of light now, so maybe you get an idea of it, but they were just fully aware of when Jesus said something about that with light of the world, automatically, bing, he's talking about he's equal with the, of God who was in the tabernacle of the wilderness, who created light at the beginning of the world. They realized that Jesus was saying, you know, I am the Messiah, the Christ, God, I am God in flesh. Now, his disciples and many of his followers understood that. But the bulk of the people were very shocked and uh, dismayed at, at Jesus' comments. But he was saying this to get the people to realize that part of the task, if they were going to be authentic and genuine followers of Christ, that they must walk in the light and follow in that light. Now, where I got the word from is actually the Greek word, a little Greek word study here is akalutheo. Akalutheo comes from the original kalutos, which means a road or a way. So to follow means to walk on a path or way. Remember as we quoted, uh, Devon quoted the verse here, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So he is the way. So this is, we find that a follow, he, what he wants to do is that Jesus is saying we need to follow his teachings, his principles. And I came across this, and uh, William Barclay in his commentary gave five, I think, very interesting meanings that helps us to identify today what, what that means to follow. What does that mean to walk in the light to follow? Well, it has the metaphor of a soldier who follows his captain in the battle. That's the, that's the word that's used in there. A slave accompanying his master in doing his bidding. A counselor who gives wise advice, that is, follow a citizen who obeys the laws of the nation and then a teacher's lesson that is put into practice so you think you see the thing is it's not only just that we identify with Jesus but that we put it into practice that we follow the direction we follow the meaning and give understanding and purpose in that because if we don't put it into practice then well this verse here kind of gives us an understanding of that 1 John 2 9 11 the one who says he is in the light but hates his brother is in the darkness until now. But the one who loves his brother remains in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness, walks in the darkness, and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Well, it's very obvious here that Jesus is juxtaposing light and darkness and uh, love and hate and putting those together, light with love, hate with the darkness. If you say you're in the light, like those Jewish leaders and, and today many people who claim to be religious or people of moral value, if they don't truly have love in their heart, then they're not in the light. They're in the darkness. The chapter before that when John says, this is John, the same John who wrote the Gospel of John. This is one of his letters. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So walking with Jesus not only means that we walk in his steps, but that it causes us to do something, to love one another, and to have fellowship with one another. Scriptures 
talks about how they will be known by their love. If we as people who call ourselves Christians, if love is not the forefront of our life, then we are falling terribly short. Why the world many times has such a harsh view of the Christian faith is because so many so-called Christians are not very loving. Now, that doesn't mean we just allow everything to happen and not, not confront, you know, evil or any of that nature. But we need to have love as the forefront of what we do. If we're walking in the light, then we need to share that love as we go and to meet people with that. So walk in the light, follow, is the key. And it kind of follows up into this next one, part two of this. We need to continue the word. Now, these four points are helping us to become authentic and genuine followers of Christ, is what Jesus warned for, quotes from us. John 8, 31, Jesus says to the Jews, to those who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. Another Greek word, just in case you have a Greek uh, uh, a contest someday, you'll be able to get at least a couple of them. Minnow, like those fishing, like you fishermen, a minnow. But uh, minnow means to continue, to stay, abide, remain, endure. So when we're talking about follow, which is walk in the light, the follow carries over into this idea. He's reinforcing that, that authentic and genuine disciples of Christ not only hear the words, but they put them into practice. So walk in the light, but you've got to continue to walk in the light grow and mature and to focus. And I want to give you a hand, uh, literally, give you a hand in helping to understand what it means to continue the word. Now, those of you who own Sunday nights in our, our discipleship class, you recognize this. Uh, but uh, it kind of gives us an idea of how we can continue in the word, to follow, to walk in this life. What are some things that will help? And uh, it's on your app. And it's, it will be when Pastor Adam uh, uploads my sermon notes, it'll be on that so you can get it off of that. But number one, the little finger, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So, you know, we need to hear God's word. That's the first level. And this is helping us continue in his word and to be this authentic and genuine follower of Christ. You hear it, but you also need to read it. Revelation 1, 3, you know, blessed are those who read the words of this book. It's important. That's why I tell you all the time. You need to be reading God's word every single day. You read it. You hear it. You read it. But also you study it. Now this is a passage where uh, Paul and some disciples were uh, going uh, to this area called Berea. And these Bereans, it's it said, the scripture says here in Acts 17, that whole passage, how the Bereans were more open-minded than the other people in the area. Because they had gone from city to city and area to area, and they had had some closed doors. But the Bereans were open-minded. They listened, and it says they studied the scriptures to see if what they were saying was true. It's important that you study the scriptures. You need to be, be able to understand God's word and get to study on that on your own. You know, during Sunday school, you need to come to Sunday school and do it during that time. During the worship hour, I try to help you in understanding that. But every day, you need to be hearing, reading, and studying God's Word. And then, the next one, everybody's favorite, memorizing. Memorizing, Psalm 119, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Now, I know 
some of us here are, are beginning to get old. We're not there yet, but we're beginning to get a little older. And our brains aren't quite as sharp. Look at, look at Scotty pointing out there. Point back to yourself. No, no. But uh, uh, the, the word of God, to memorize it. We need to memorize God's word. Now, on our Sunday night class, we've, we've worked through that. And, and then next, uh, next cycle, Adam and I will be teaching uh, on spiritual disciplines. We'll be kind of, again, hitting this area of memorization uh, and as part of that. But you need to pick a, some verses of Scripture. Pray and pick some, if, if it's just mine or one or two verses at a time. And read it, read it, read it. Read it in several different translations. Uh, then pick one and begin to just work on it word by word and soak it into your heart and to work on it. Review, review, review is the key to that. You can do it. You can, you remember the things that you need to remember. You obviously remembered how to get to church this morning. And you're going to find your way to your restaurant or your home to eat lunch. And uh, most of us can remember our phone numbers, not, probably nobody else's, but at least our own. So you, you, you can memorize if you put the effort into it. If it's important to you, you can do it. So commit to it. Walk in the truth, walk in the light, continue the truth, and hear, read, study, memorize, but also meditate. We're going to be having a yoga class afterwards. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is nothing to do with yoga or the hmm, all that kind of meditation. That's, that's uh, problematic. But the word here, meditate, is more the idea of ruminating on something. Some of you who are uh, farmers and cattle grew up, we grew cattle growing up. Cows have several stomachs and they would bring, they chew grass and they bring it back up and they just ruminate on it. You ever heard the chew the cud? And that idea of they bring it back up and focus on it. Dogs do that too. Your dogs do that? Well, I don't know about my dog, but your dog may do that. But bring that, let that cut up and chew on it. All right? But the thing is, is to really focus and your attention on it. Pray over it, read over it, and take some time. Because you can just read through, like many of us read the newspaper, and we just kind of scan through it. But take the time to study it and to meditate on it. And then lastly, apply it in your hand. James 1, 2. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. God wants us to walk in the light and to continue to do all these things. So we need to plan and prepare. So this is just a little hand to help you, guide you in your decision. But you have to make this decision. But if you commit to these principles, then you will find yourself walking in the light and continuing the word. And thus, you will... Uh, become a true disciple. This last verse in Luke 9, 23. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must de deny themselves and take up their cross. How? Daily and follow me. So that's that consistently that we're talking about. Just can't come on Sunday morning and think that you've done it for the week. This is every day we need to be focusing and, 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 and washing our minds with God's word. So if we walk in the light, we continue the word, then we're going to know the truth. And that's exactly what the verse said. John 8, 30, you will know the truth. Jesus said that. Now, two other passages in John, later on, he writes about this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then in John 18, this is a sad account where Jesus is on trial before Pilate. And Pilate asked him, are you a king? And Jesus said, well, you say that I'm a king. 
I was born for this, and I have come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And then Pilate made that sad, mournful comment, what is truth? Well, the problem was he, he used the wrong uh, word. It shouldn't be what is truth, but who is truth? Now, the, the latter part of this, which we'll get in the next one uh, about you know the truth and truth will set you free, a lot of colleges and universities use this verse sort of as their the logo. And it's okay, but that's not what it's talking about here. You can know everything that book knowledge has, everything about history and science and math, and still be just as lost as a goose and on the way to eternal hell. So it's not your knowledge and intellect that is important. It's Jesus who is the very embodiment of truth. So if we walk in the light, continue in his word, then we're going to know the truth because we are walking in the light, continue the word. That's just, the, that's just what happens. You know, one plus one is two. You know, walk in the light, continue the word means that you're going to know the truth. So if you want to know Jesus, if you want to know what he has to say, what he has to do, then you need to be walking in the light and continue the word and study. He will reveal himself and we'll have that victory. And therefore, we will live in freedom. Now, next week we'll work this out, flesh it out, so it's going to be this sort of closing it out quickly here. But there are two verses, John 8, 32, and then 36. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then he clarifies it by saying, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free. So he is equating himself with truth, because he says the Son sets you free, and here he says the truth will set you free. So that is Jesus saying and reaffirming that he is the truth, he is the light, he is the way, and we need to follow him. So if we need to be set free, then that means there is something from, that we need to be set free from. And we need to acknowledge that. Without Christ, we are slaves to sin. We're walking in the darkness, unable to do what is right. But because what Christ did on the cross, he sets us free. That's the freedom we live in, freedom from sin. Now, next week I'll work out several different things that we are free from and how to live that more victoriously. But today, suffice it to say, is it's the penalty and the power of sin in your life of fear, worries, and stress, and, and distraught, whatever it may be in your, your life, about your health, about your finances, your future, your relationships. You see, we need to understand that freedom is not the right to do what you want. Now, that's what most of the world, they want to do whatever they want. But see, freedom is the ability to do what you ought to do. Freedom is not just doing whatever. Jesus is saying here that if we're going to be authentic and genuine followers of Christ, that we need to walk to Akalutheo, to follow like a soldier, like a, a slave, like the counselor's advice and the teacher's guidance, uh, following the rules and the law. Walk in that light, which means that we identify with it, we agree with that. But then, it's just not making a commitment. Many times I've seen it, and you've seen it yourself, people who come and they make a, a, a show saying, you know, I want to accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, he's my Lord, and then you never see them again. Or you see them very sporadically. Or their life doesn't seem to much change very much. 
Well, they are not continuing in the, in the truth, in the, in the word. If you truly want to be that authentic, genuine follower, then you've got to not only agree that Jesus is the light and begin to walk in, but to put into practice continuously, consistently, stay in the light. Then you will know the truth, which is Jesus. And with Jesus made known to you and his word running through your mind and his, his power spirit, then you're going to live in freedom. Freedom from the penalty of sin, from those temptations, those addictions, those worries, those fears that, that come across a point to you. God wants us to live in freedom, which means to live in Christ, in his life, in his truth. But you have to make a choice, just like a soldier has to make a choice. A citizen has to make a choice to obey the laws. You have to choose to follow that master or that counselor or that teacher. So it really comes back to you. What are you going to do with this? Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He is life. He is truth. So what are you going to do about that? How is that going to affect your life? Are you going to choose to say, I am going to be that soldier. I am going to be that, that servant that follows. I'm going to obey. I'm going to do it consistently. And with love, I am going to bring light to a dark world. Most all of us work in places in the community or go to places which is spiritually dark. Well, we can bring the light. You've heard the old saying that no amount of darkness, no matter how dark and bitter it is, can extinguish the light of one candle. That candle, where that candle is, there's light, even in the midst of all the darkness. So we live in a dark world. But we can shine. We can shine brightly. If we choose to, and if we continue, and let God's, through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, fill us and walk in that area. So I want to challenge you to do that and to make that commitment. This is Pastor Moak again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this sermon. Maybe something you've heard of the message or read of the notes has challenged your thinking about your faith. If so, our staff is here to help in whatever way we can. Or if you prefer, check out the Faith Life tab located on our homepage at www.fbcbroussard.com. There you can find answers about salvation, spiritual growth, and getting plugged into a local church. And don't forget to check out the other sermons in this series as well. May God bless you.